Welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today, we are sitting down with uh, Nick Hayden, Lee Gettings, and the legend, Stephen Scott, today. Um, so we are uh, going to do uh, just a kind of quick introduction for these fellows. They're going to be hanging out with us every now and then on Bourbon Barrel Talk, and they hang out with us in the local bourbon club. And There's three or four of them here in Louisville that we all are kind of in Uh so, uh, well, heck, we're at Nick's house, so I'm going to let Nick uh, start, because I think that's the nice thing to do. First of all, <laughs> Nick, uh, thanks for having us out, and uh, just tell us, tell, tell everybody from the Bourbon Real Talk family a little bit about yourself. So, uh, welcome to the bunker, first off. It's uh, uh, been a long process to get everyone here, so it's been great, so welcome. Um, thanks new, for having us. Yes, yes. Uh, new to Louisville, uh, I guess, uh, five, five years ago, so when, once you come to Louisville, it's kind of like you're uh, embedded into bourbon, so I've always liked whiskey and bourbon growing up. I used to stock boxes and stuff at a local liquor store when I was doing my undergrad, my first undergrad, <laughs> uh, my undergrad, so it's, uh, but uh, moving around, and then once you come over here to Louisville and see all the good stuff, it's, uh, uh, it's really ingrained into um uh, yourself. So it's a, uh, it's great to be here. Great company. Uh, the legend, of course, Lee Gettings and, uh, of course you, Scott. So, uh, welcome. Uh, we got a, a beautiful table of, uh, bottles, some stuff I, I haven't tried yet. So it's, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. There's a couple of things on here I actually haven't tried and I feel like I've tried a lot of shit. So, uh, we're, we're, I'm, I'm super excited about this old Kirk. You're gonna have to tell us a little bit more about that one cause you brought it, but, uh, l- let's introduce the other fellas and then we'll, we'll dive into that and kind of go from there. Lee? Hey, uh, Lee Gettings. Uh, so I'm from uh, Southern Indiana. Uh, I think Scott is uh, from there as well. Um, mm-hmm. Got into bourbon uh, probably 10 or 12 years ago. Kind of cut my teeth on some wild turkey. Uh, when you were six? You're only like ni- 19 or 20 now, I feel like. <laughs> I, I, I did not ID him when we came in. <laughs> Uh, but moving uh, fast forward a little bit, kind of got into some of the the Knob Creek store picks, and 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 most recently in the last couple of years, joining some of the, the bourbon groups and and uh, meeting meeting new people and sharing samples has kind of brought me along the process and some of the camaraderie and and uh, just love to be part of the process and and a lot of the uh, local uh, charities that we do with the bourbon groups is is something that I like. So uh, very much appreciate Scott you bringing me on here and and Nick allowing us. So um, let's. Let's have some good pours and maybe maybe a baby chug here in a little bit. You there know? you go. So. And speaking of charity, <laughs> I don't know anybody in the bourbon community more charitable than the legend himself. So Stephen Scott, well, soon to be retired Stephen Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, actually, it's Stephen J. Scott. Let's get. Oh, my, my, my bad, my bad. Stephen middle initial J. Scott. Uh, you know the funny thing is, I'm actually a J. Scott. I'm a J. Scott Minton. Right. <laughs> so my first bourbon quote unquote was jack daniels under a dining room table in my fraternity house in 1974 several hours after the tornado hit hanover college i'll be damned and i don't think i was born yet I actually, wasn't born I, yet. Actually, I know I wasn't born. Yet. <laughs> I was I was born in '77, so and, and and I knew I was the second oldest fart at the table. So, <laughs> so my my roommate got to a liquor store that afternoon after the tornado hit, and grabbed a bottle of Jack, and we sat under a kitchen table because there were still tornado warnings, and uh, it's gone uphill from there. So you went uh, to the Harvard of Indiana, Hanover, huh? Yes. 
Now, now that's no joke. Hanover, no dummies go to Hanover. I'm just going to tell you guys that. You know, the smart kids go to Hanover. So Stephen, Stephen must been a must have been a pretty good student. Well, that and my parents both went there and very well connected with the school. At the wasn't time, it? So. It's a Methodist school too at the time. Presbyterian. Wasn't it? Presbyterian. I knew. I knew Still it had some religious background, if I remember correctly. But I've been in I've been in Louisville now 16 years and have always enjoyed bourbon and gotten involved with the the local groups and as scott said charity and sharing are key to me of what this brown water represents you know we drinking alone is okay but drinking with friends and using these bottles to make a difference for other people is is just so huge no, I 100% agree with you. I mean, like, you know, when we started the podcast, one of the first things we did, we did a few barrel picks and instantly we were like, hey, what, what are we going to do with the money? You know, let's uh, raise some money, give it to charity, things like that. And uh, we've got a few we're going to do this year and we're just super excited about it. So glad, glad to have you on. So uh, so now that now that now that everybody's introduced themselves, let's uh, a talk about, you know, we, we got a crazy weird bottle here that no, none of us had seen until today. Nick, Nick got some old Kirk. And Nick, Nick, tell us a little bit about it, because I, I literally, I didn't even read the bottle other than the age statement, so go yeah. from there. Yeah, so we got a little uh, Old Kirk, um, six year, six month, um, 126 proof, uh, coming out of San Francisco. So uh, my understanding is that uh, Old Kirk uh, did a contract distilling agreement with a local uh, distillery, got about 40 barrels, a lot of which went to uh, Tennessee and uh, Texas. And uh, there's about 40 barrels, 40 clubs did single barrels. Um, each one of them about six years or six months, about six or nine months. So it's uh, um, there's a little controversy behind it because uh, two of the groups out of Chattanooga, uh, this group in particular, uh, 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 this pick, uh, d- disclosed uh, where that distillate was from. So, um, dun, dun, dun. I know, dun, dun, dun. So, so, so we have run this blind against uh, the dissolute that uh, the group uh, told us or told me about. I, I've seen the picture of the barrelhead, um, and uh, I think it's just a phenomenal bottle. I think it's an under the radar bottle. Uh, not a lot of people know about it. Um, I don't know if a lot of people here in Louisville really know about it. Uh, every time I, t- I take it somewhere, um, sometimes it sits on there because they don't know what it is. Um, Sometimes once you get your hand on it, you don't want to you don't want to turn it over back to me. Uh, but it's a uh, it'll take you for a ride. I think uh, there's a lot of complexities to it. Um, uh, I think it's a, a solid pour. Uh, I think it'll hold its own against some of the uh, the big boys, the uh, Bugattis, the Bourbon. Um, it is uh, distilled in Bardstown, um, if if that helps uh, narrow down where it is. So it is Kentucky uh, distillate. So when when you said it was from Bardstown and I, and I got a nose of it and, and I mean I'm just speculating because I don't know anything about what you're talking about but to me this definitely is very reminiscent of Heaven Hill so I, I don't know if that's what it is if it's not it just it, it reminds me of some of the Heaven Hill bottles that I've had in the past almost like a Parker's Let, let's uh, let's try to go around the corner just a little okay bit. really hmm really yeah so uh, let's try to go two miles down the road wow. Hmm. So it's uh, we we know it's not Barton, yeah, and, and it's not Heaven Hill, yeah. 
uh, without disclosing who it is, but it, it could be close—a close neighbor to mm-hmm. Heaven, a close neighbor to Heaven Hill. Amongst, wow. but, it, but it tastes a lot like Heaven Hill. It, it, it does. It does. When when you get those notes, um, so when they contracted this, they must have contracted a very similar recipe. Yes. To 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 a Heaven Hill recipe. Yes. So this is um, uh, if you look at the the barrel number. So this is barrel number seven zero five four. If you look at the various uh, mash bills that this particular company. Uh, deals with it's a, a typical i think of a high corn so i think it's like 61 yep. percent corn um but it, it's very indicative of heaven hill but i can tell you it's probably about two miles down the road from heaven hill <laughs> two miles due east of heaven hill <laughs> that's kind of crazy but it, i mean I, and i don't know if anybody else has already tried it or not but that the, the first thing that hit me was like heaven hill bottom and bond the old six year um very very reminiscent of that um so I, I I thought I had it pegged, but I, evidently I'm just a moron. It was just two two miles down the road. So yeah. Scott, I get some of that on the nose, but I also pick up some floral floral notes. I don't know if you you can. So I I get that too, but I get that on Heaven Hill anyway. Like when I smell Heaven Hill, I, I get a little bit of caramel up front, a little bit of the brown sugar stuff like that. But I get a lot of floral. Like I, so Heaven Hill bottled and bond, I, I like it. I enjoy it. That especially the old six year white label. Um, but. As a general rule, I don't drink Heaven Hill as heavily as a lot of my friends do. So for me, it's always got almost like a medicinal mid palate, and I don't like that. Um, it, it honestly it reminds me of like the twenty seven handy. Uh, I mean the twenty uh, twenty nineteen handy. Remember how it was just super medicinal, had a lot of, and to me, a lot of Heaven Hill products kind of have that, um, even though it's not as high of a rye. Um, with it being so high corn, but I don't know. That's just my personal opinion on it. Well, I was not going to say that it was a high corn. I was thinking it was maybe a high rye because there's. I feel like there's a lot of spice on the end, but the, but it's it's unique in the nose um, and up front. But uh, right, exactly what you said with the medicinal notes about halfway, three quarters of the way on the finish. That's what I didn't um, didn't really care for. But it's it's. Uh, I, I think I like some of that spice. It kind of wants you to come back and 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 try it again. So. I almost get like a, almost like a cigar, like a, like a super dry cigar. Um, have you ever had Crossfire here locally? It reminds me of, a, and I can't remember which one it was, but there was a Crossfire cigar that I'd smoked, and um, it was kind of a had that like it dries out the the top part of your tongue, and this kind of is reminiscent of that. It gives me kind of that tobacco-y type dryness in that mid mid palate portion, and that's the reason I said it's almost medicinal. Whereas some stuff when I when I drink it i get a lot of uh like pipe tobacco sweet cherries you know plum dark fruit things like that yeah it's definitely very complex again it's one of those um i kind of like the unique unique bourbons that you can take somewhere and not a lot of people know about it but really diving into the research and the history and trying to uh, almost sleuth my way to figure out where where it's from where it's distilled um uh and, and when you share it, again, it's sharing something that uh, a lot of people haven't had. So it's, a, you know, explaining kind of the story behind it. And, you know, even though there there's, uh, you know, some drama, you know, within this bottle, supposedly down in Chattanooga. Um, I'm not from there, so I don't care. But it's uh, um, very interesting. So it's something that you can share. And it's new. They might not, he- you know, might not have heard of it. And uh, um, I think you can only get it through Tennessee or uh, if you know certain individuals. Hmm. So. So I love the bottle, and I really like the cork. I mean, I, the bottle's just got like almost like a 
it's not quite amber, but it's darker. It's like a brownish, but it's almost amber. And it's got, I, I love bottles that have that raised etch, like writing on the glass. Like, I, I don't know why. It's just to me, it, it, it reminds me of old school, like 1920s, 1930s bottles. Um, and it, it, it just gives me that old reminiscent aged bottle. Do you know where the Kirk came from? Like, is it supposed to be funny? Like, after Captain Kirk? <laughs> I, I have no idea behind the name. Uh, I really don't. But the bottle is nice. It has that nice paper, those nice paper labels. So, it's uh, again, it's very reminiscent of, like, you know, the Prohibition-type bottles. Um, cork is uh, really unique as well. So, it's a, again, it's, it's overall, it's a unique bottle. People can share it. They, they haven't had it. Uh, so, uh, um, again, it'll, it'll throw you for a little bit of a loop. So, it's so. very unique taste. I thought, I would have thought it was a, a high rye. Yeah, it, it kind of jumped into my mouth and uh, really made me aware. It was in there. That it was there. Yeah, it's, there's nothing subtle about it. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that's my line. <laughs> well, that's uh the I think on the the nose I think is it, it, I like the nose um, and then up front it it kind of lets you know it's there and that's why I kind of like some of those higher rye higher um, high proof bourbons the. As it kind of transitions towards the back, I think that's where what you were saying, kind of picking up those medicinal. I don't really, I, I can't really pick it up. I didn't really like it, but then the finish is where it comes back and it just lingers and it lingers. I mean, I still, it's still lingering right now. I wouldn't be like, all right, I got to go back and try it again. No, so that's, yeah. that's, I 100% that, agree with you. Like I said, and I get that sometimes from extremely high rye bourbons or rye whiskeys, you'll get kind of like, to me, it's medicinal slash floral. I mean, you can, kind of interchange the two um i am much more of a if i if i'm going to drink a rye i prefer the more fruit forward notes off a rye um so some of your earlier handies i felt like were just beautifully complex with fruit flavors and depth and baking spices and things like that but for some strange reason when i 2019 and and maybe btac was just a bad year for 2019 let's be honest stag fell short i felt like uh the handy fell short um I didn't get a chance to try the Eagle Rare 17 or the Sazerac Rye. The William Leroux Weller, I actually really enjoyed the 2019. So uh, that was the only one that I tried of the of the three that I had that I was like, oh, I, I really like that one. So, but kind of nor here nor there. So to find out, you know, a little bit more about you guys, I like to always talk and let's grab some more bottles and drink them. And if something strikes your fancy, you know, talk about it, that type of thing. But uh, so... We'll start with Steven, and then we'll work our way around the room. What's your favorite pour of all time? And, and I mean, literally of all time. So, I mean, it could be a 1962 whatever that you've tried. It could be, you know, an everyday drinker that's just something you can't put down. But well, what, the, what, what's the favorite? <laughs> that's a challenge. I did bring one that I absolutely love, and that's the 1792 225th anniversary bottle. It's a low proof, 92.15 proof. But it just, the balance, the character of this bottle just really amazes me. Well, hand it over here. Come on, let's drink it. That That's actually <laughs> one of the ones I've actually not had sitting on the table, which is unusual because I've had every other 1792 out there. I feel like I've even had the Ridgemont Reserve and, you know, a couple of the other ones. So I, I'm, I'm excited to dive into this one. Um, the 12-year I found to be really complex and had some nice flavors to it. Um, but foolproof is still kind of my... Uh, because I'm a I'm, I'm a high octane whore, I guess is what I'd like to call it. <laughs> I agree, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, pour a little bit of this 225 because I have not had it either. So we'll kind of go through that piece. And 
I guess in answer to your question, uh, I'm sitting on a bottle of Remus Volstead Reserve that I will open when I retire, and I absolutely find that to be the best thing that I've had. Really? Remus Volstead? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's one that... Uh, 14-year bottle and bond. Yeah, I was going to say that was that, that special release, what, like two years ago they released that, something All like right. that? So, yeah. I've actually not had that either. So I, go figure. I uh, I seen it actually. I think we talked about this over. In, there was a liquor store in Southern Indiana that had it, and I I didn't know what it was and passed it. Passed it up, huh? Mistake. So, so my my <laughs> sister found a bottle of it in Madison, and uh, because I hadn't had it, I didn't really want to buy it. So it was one of those things where I told her to pass on it, and it sat there for like three months in Madison, and. Uh, <laughs> I told a buddy about it and I uh, told him where it was and he went down there and he's like, it was still there. So he bought it. So uh, I was like, huh? So go figure. But he, uh, he lives in Hazard, Kentucky and I've not been down to go visit with him yet to uh, try it. Um, uh, every time I go down there, I feel like banjos are playing and crazy shit's going to happen. So I always try to stay away from there. So uh, Nick, favorite bottle you got one or i mean there there's a lot of good bottles it's uh it's more the story behind the bottle if i had to choose one uh i'd probably go with a uh 12 or 13 year uh no surprise here smoke wagon uh pick (laughs) Uh, i am a smoke wagon nut um just something with that uh, 12 and 13 year old single barrel mgp juice uh uh, just always really good uh uh, some people were hit or miss on uh, uh, one of the group's picks about two years ago. Um, I'm still sitting on a couple of those. I really enjoy them. Um, that'd probably be my go-to. I mean, but I've also missed on a couple bottles. Uh, I was going to tell the story where I went, uh, I was flying into Tulsa. And this is when I first got, came into Louisville. And uh, you, you don't really know the opportunities to buy phenomenal bottles. <laughs> when you come here, you know, it's like you think you get a Buffalo Trace over in a, a you know, Mission Kansas, you know, you're, you're sitting on gold. So you, you come here, and I, uh, and I didn't know Louisville Airport takes about 30 minutes to get through, you know, you know maybe 45 if there's, like, you know. People. I mean, it has to be real freaking busy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, but you have to be, like, lined up all the way on, onto the freeway. Uh, but it's uh, I went there, and they had a bottle of Michter's 20 uh, sitting on the uh, gift shop on the upper right. I can still visualize it. Uh, I was like, oh, I was like, what is that bottle? Oh, it's a Michter's 20. Now, granted, this was, I think, three years ago, so it was a 2017. I was like, oh, what's the price tag on that? And it was, like, $1,100. It's like, oh, my God gosh so expensive you know so it's just like oh i was like i was like i can't afford that so i'm like texting all my buddies who live here like hey it's like this is stupid price meanwhile i'm giving them my my ticket so i go through the gate and they go you got to turn around and buy that i go i can't go like if i if i leave i can't like have to buy another ticket they go you can afford another ticket with this <laughs> so get that bottle and meanwhile so it's just like i text i go i'm already on the plane and then uh my favorite moment was so i'm on the plane and uh you know i'm checking social media as i'm killing time before we take off and right before we turn our phone to uh airplane mode you can see uh i think i, I don't know if the post is still up but it's like this guy's like who's this idiot who passed up this bottle blah 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 i go i'm that idiot <laughs> it's like i'm sitting on the plane right now uh but it is you know sometimes you get misses i mean it is what it is it's uh um, but, uh, I Y K Y K. If you I know, know, you know, I know. It's just like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's like, that would have been a good bottle. But, uh, if I did, if I had to choose a bottle, it'd probably be that, uh, 12 or 13 year, uh, smoke wagon. Uh, I really aim towards the picks. So if you get that nice red wax, 
seal, you know, you know, oh, where, yeah. you know where to find me. <laughs> so I, I, I've had a couple of smoke wagons that I've enjoyed. Um, but the problem is, is like the, there's so few and far between in this area. So finding one and, and getting it and being able to drink it, you're like, so I've not been blown away by any. Now I did not get to try that one, that bottle. If we're talking about the one that, uh, had, uh, was it from one uh, of the, the tombstone? Cowboy tombstone. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't get a chance to try that bottle. I, I, I was supposed to go to Timmy, Tim Van Ripper's house and try it one night and, uh, I got tied up with something, didn't make it. And so I haven't had it yet. So yeah, they don't distribute here, which is unfortunate. So usually, uh, I have to have connections out in Vegas or Arizona or something like if they, if they see a bottle at a decent price, they'll have to mule it over. So I encourage a lot of people to go over to Vegas for vacation. And then if they drive, just make sure they bring me bottles. Yeah. <laughs> can you take a, can you take Take, I mean, I guess you could hide it in your luggage, right? You uh, no, can't so, take it on the bottom. So, uh, you can't take it on the plane. Yeah, plane. yeah you can. So I, I was talking with a, a group out of St. Louis, the St. Louis Bourbon Society, about this because uh, uh, there's a couple uh, people in, interested in flying. And uh, TSA, I think, allows you five liters, which is 6.66 bottles. Um, now, I would not encourage that amount. I'd usually encourage about three or four bottles. Uh, but you can't pack them. So if uh, I happen to have, like, a special case that carries three or four, um, I tell people to go to Harbor Freight and get, like, the Apache 48 uh, case, which is foam, which fits, like, three or four bottles. Nice and secure. Make sure you get a big bag. You do have to check it. But, again, your bottles are are safe. So if you're flying into, like, Napa Valley, even, like, wine or various other spirits, um, I would encourage bringing back three or four if you can. Uh, but hard cases or you know, some air cast, maybe wrap it up in your clothes, bring some towels from home. Uh, I would not, I would not come into the hotel towels. Just <laughs> so, so is that the cut foam or is that the smushy like, kind of molds to it foam? It's a, uh, it molds to it foam, but it has like the little squares so you can like pluck out. Like oh, you, okay. You, so yeah. it's a, so you can easily, uh, design it around your bottle. So it's uh, most of those bottles are about 18 inches tall anyway. Right. So you can do a nice, uh, even stagger. So you get four and then put it in and then you can, uh, come home with four nice bottles that aren't distributed here. Uh, smoke wagon being one of those. Um, I think doc Swinson's another one out of Houston. Uh, so we're starting to see some doc Swinson here locally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's weird. Huh. I don't know. So, and Lee, you, you kind of gave it away at the beginning. You said you're a GTS or, so is that your favorite bottle of all time, or is there? Uh, is there let, 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 let's rephrase that. It, if it is your favorite bottle, what's the year? So um, I have not had, unfortunately, all of the uh, GTS years. Uh, I'm working on that, and uh, actually, one guy, uh, Travis French, has actually turned me in on quite a few of the of the older ones. Um, but I, th- the 2018 is the one that's sitting on the table right now. I think that's a very solid pour. Um, I kind of like them all. Um, I think that there's a lot of that kind of upfront uh, complexity from the, you know, they're 14, 15 year old. Um, they have that dark kind of fruit flavor to them and they let let you know that they're there. Uh, and that's something that I enjoy. So, um, so I've got two bottles of 18 at home and I've got a 20. I'm out of 17, which is one of my favorites, uh, which Seven. oddly enough, Wesley Good loves a big 17 fan. Wesley is uh he's a very, very solid uh, bourbon steward. Yeah, <laughs> but no, uh, the 17 was very solid. Um, I, I'm down to 18, uh, a couple 20s. Um, so I'm working on some of the elder ones. I've drank quite a few, done some bottle kills, and probably shouldn't have. Should have enjoyed them a little bit longer. But <laughs> so of very... of the GTS is my favorite. Is probably going to be 06 or 07. Um, 
phenomenal. I think one's hazmat, the other one's like 138 and some change or something like that. But I don't know, there's just something about those older stags that just the complexity of flavor, e- even more so back then than they are now. And I, and I don't know, maybe shit. I, I always make it up to the fact that I think, I feel like our water has gotten more and more chlorinated over the years, even, you know, even though they're purifying it and doing all those other things before they use it for distillate. But I, I just feel like our water quality of stuff is just not as good as it, it was 25 years ago. I remember so making I, signs for the GTS at the liquor store. I used to stock boxes for the seventy nine ninety nine. Get your beat. And, and you could even move this off the shelf, by the yeah. way. So the bright, you know, neon green posters, you know, this was 06, 07. <laughs> and we'd have cases, like literally stacks of it, you know, uh, GTS and the handies and, uh, like the Eagle Rare, like the, all of this, like please buy me a seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it was it was expensive. I mean, like um, I want to say the 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 picture that always comes back to mind, and somebody posted on the Hounds, um, rest their peace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the I, Hounds. I might, I might have that picture. I think because it's I, like fifty nine ninety nine. I think is what it was, or something like that. But I know literally there was stacks. like there was like three stacks of GTS, <laughs> like four stacks of Eagle Rare seventeen handy, and all that stuff. And I'm like, I laugh whenever I look at that picture because I'm like. I remember those days, you know, and and I remember the days when, you know, Weller 12 used to sit on the bottom shelf. Like that was my daily drinker for years and years and years. Um, uh, and then, you know, it got harder and harder to get. So then I moved to OWA cause it was a little bit easier to get. And then it, now I, I still OWA is kind of my daily drinker, but it's funny that, uh, I always laugh, but, uh, I, and, and I can't remember the year, and, and I've told the story multiple times, but uh, there was there was a Pappy 15 that I had, and it was in the old green Stitzel Weller bottles, and it was one of the best drinks I've ever had in my entire life. But So, so you, uh, you're talking to the – I haven't had pre probably 2011, I think, on the GTS. You kind of alluded to my age earlier uh, in, in the, the podcast, I believe. But there is one uh, – when I cut my teeth on wild turkey – um, I've been searching on some of these dusty pages and, and trying to find one was a, it was a Russell's, uh, release and it was not in any of the, the older releases, um, the same bottles. It was the same, I guess the, like the wild Turkey one one bottle. And I cannot find, I don't know if it, I remember we bought, it was on the shelf, um, and bought a couple of them and they, it was fantastic. And I can still just it's whenever I try a dusty bottle, it's, it's, uh, it just always brings me back to that memory, but I cannot find that bottle. I can't find a picture of it. So how old are you, Lee? What year were you born? Uh, 1978. Mm. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> it's a mystery. No, seriously. I no, mean, what, what? 1990. 1990. But so, so I was, so. I was, it was, I was not the one that was in the store. No, I, I guess. And that's fair enough. No, <laughs> what, no, the reason I was asking is because I've actually got a bottle of 91 Wild Turkey 101 sitting in my, in my basement that, uh, I, oddly enough, my, my dad stopped drinking probably, I don't know, 14, 15 years ago, uh, other than the occasional Miller Lite or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, it was sitting in, it was just literally sitting in the top of, their kitchen cabinet just sitting up there. And then my mom was like, she was like, I'm, I think I'm just going to start, you know, pouring this on my roses because that's an old wives tale that if you pour whiskey on your roses, it helps them grow. So, 
And I'm like, you're not going to pour that whiskey on there. And she goes, well, what do you mean? It's just wild turkey. And I'm like, yeah, but that's like, that's an old bottle of Austin, you know? Uh, so I, t- I brought it home and I cracked it open. So uh, I was going to say, I'll, I'll share a bottle of wild turkey with you that's around your age. Cause I, 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 I was, I was figuring it was like 90, 91. But. Yeah, yeah. So 90. Um, but the, I've looked and I'm wanting to say it was probably, and I say it was dusty. It's obviously not a dusty, but it was probably about 14 years ago. Or so, um, but looking at all the other pages in some of those similar years, it's the, the they're all different bottles, not the ones. So I don't know if it was just a special release or something for right. one year or a certain time. And I've been trying to find it just because it, it's you know kind of brings back memories and things like that. And um, but you know, it uh, wasn't like the Christmas edition rye or anything like that. The no, green I, label. Okay, I've been I've got it, the picture in my memory, and I've I've been trying to go back and find it, and and all the the older bottles that I can find or around within plus or minus a few years. I don't know how long it may have sat on the shelf or whatever, you know, but uh, I, ha- I have not been successful yet. So. so my favorite wild turkey of all time is the donut. I don't know if anybody's had a donut or not. I know I know what you're talking so about. So I love the '95, you know, G uh, like the cheesy gold foil or or 94 95 split labels those are fantastic but the 02 03 donuts are just 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 amaze balls solid I mean, <laughs> just really so good there's just something about the old dusties that uh i mean it, it seems like that's like the new trend i'm not gonna lie i've seen a lot more people go after the old decanters as of late like the you know 68 69 beams and uh, you know, I got a couple old peppers from like the seventies. Uh, I think I, I stay away from McCormick. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, I got a 58 and a 68, uh, old pepper, you know, and it's like some of those, I mean, just the notes and, and these are like 86 proof. I mean, 86, yeah. 90 proof and they don't drink like it and they just pack it full of flavor. I mean, I'm telling you, some of those dusties are gems. So S- Steven, when we, we did a bottle share at my buddy Josh's house, um, not that long ago, you brought in, what was it like a 70 something beam or an 81 beam or I don't remember what it was. It, may, it, it might've been, you just gave me a sample of it and I'm trying to remember, but man, it, it was a fantastic older beam bottle. And I want to say it I was brought like, an older, old forester. The Japanese old forester. That's what you brought to Josh. No, you gave me a sample of this. It was in one of the little two ounce sample pours, okay. but you gave it to me when we did a bottle swap one time. You said, "Hey, try this," and I don't remember what it was, but it was an older Beam bottle. I want to say it was I've, like seventy. I've or, had some seventy five, seventy six Jim Beams. So that's are, probably what it was. But it was tasty good. as hell. Yeah, I've got a a, a seventy seven or seventy eight Jim Beam, um, and it's I, I guess just the quality, kind of like how you're talking about the water and quality of wood and the processes that they you know, versus now you're, you're mass producing everything for low proof. Cause I, like I said, I like all high proof bourbons and, and, but back then, I guess just the going back to them, the, the quality and, and, uh, complexity and, and amount of flavor that they pack in those low proofs is, is very interesting. Um, I've also got, I had a, a mid sixties, a very, very old Fitzgerald that was very solid. Um, and then also, the only other one I got, I've tried quite a few. Been trying to get into the old, some of the old dusty pages, but for some reason, they won't, they won't accept me. I guess because I was <laughs> born too. You were born you know, too early. Too, too early, I guess. So, but, uh, so one crazy guy did a uh, unbottling, unboxing type thing, and it was like some pre-prohibition, like two gallon bottle of i know exactly what you're talking about i almost got that one it's <laughs> oh uh, the the old plankington yes or plankington out of wisconsin yeah which has a very unique history it's uh um had i uh i tried to buy the box in the empty bottle because i was going to put it up here in the uh the bunker right. and uh 
I ran out of time. <laughs> I, got, I got distracted <laughs> with running, uh, but that has a crazy history behind it. Um, he sent me a one-ounce sample because he felt bad, and uh, I'm telling you, that is very good. But I think at uh, even at like Christie's Auction House, I mean, that two-gallon bottle goes for, I think, 10K. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's no joke, but it's, uh, it's serious. There's some. There's a cool history behind that. If uh, people want to look, I think it's called Plankington or Plankington. Yeah, something like uh, that. Based, based out of uh, Wisconsin, it's a... Uh, uh, there's some issues, I think, with the family and kind of like this feud, and they kind of lost track of it. It's a look into it. It's good. Yeah. It's like it came in a crate, like this wooden crate, which I was like, yes. "What the hell is this?" Yes. This dude's like unboxing it, pulling it out, had gloves on. The it, whole it has like, like it has like it, it has like bird's nest like wrapping around this bottle. Yeah. Like just just picture like a, a two two gallon carboy with like bird's nest around it inside of a wooden box. Yes. For sure, it was the it was one of the weirdest things I've sat around and watched. And my my wife is like, "What the hell are you doing?" And I'm telling her, and she's like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I know, I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> you know, just 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 kick me in the nuts. Why don't you?" So one of those. Does, type your, of funny does your wife things. drink bourbon at all? No, no, no. So I, I've I've tried to warm up her palate and and uh, do that type of thing. My wife now she loves rum. Um, she's a big fan of rum. The only, the only bourbon esque type thing that I've ever been able to get her to drink was actually for two dish union, uh, rolling fork spirits. I don't know if you ever tried it. So good. Oh, it's so good. So damn I think, delicious. I, I think I, I might have a couple of those hidden over in these crates. Oh, well, <laughs> you so. Should, it, so if they've not tried it, if, if you've got one open, you should definitely let them try it before they leave. But it's basically, it was an accident, right? F-U. So F you bottle, right? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when when Turner went to a certain distillery in Bardstown to have those bottled, they forgot to clear the hopper um, for the bottling line. So there was like a hundred gallons or forty gallons or whatever of rye whiskey sitting in the bottom when they you know dumped this beautiful twelve year old Barbados or whatever rum it is. I think it's Barbados. It could be Jamaican. And, uh, but he said that, uh, he had to act real super freaking mad about it. So that way they, <laughs> they wouldn't charge him for the rye whiskey and <laughs> basically blamed it on him. So he was able to uh, get a better deal on it, but, uh, it actually turned out to be a fortuitous union as why they call the bottle that, but it's, it's delicious. Um, but a super, super neat, um, complex bottle for sure. It's, it's very good. That so. Bourbon Brotherhood had a tasting of it couple years ago and really enjoyed it i have not tried it so nick go ahead and pull it out of the bunker and uh and we'll do a little baby chug and, and, <laughs> oh, and we, we we can crack the rum. Uh, it's, uh, it's, that's not a baby chug bottle trust me <laughs> 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 so in, in anyway i i, I dove into I, I love these old knob creeks and and there's just something about the nose of these 14 and 15 year olds that's just so much more complex than the 9 10 and you know 12 year old ones you know, like uh, the reason I brought that along is I kind of you know wasn't sure how we were going to talk about this, but kind of brought a wild turkey and, and and a rye, which I cut my teeth on wild turkey and had moved into uh, liking more rye because of the spice and kind of that Kentucky hug that you kind of get more from that. And then um, in the transition moving forward, I, I have started picking up some of these 14, 15 year old Knob Creek picks, and they have such a like a, a heavy. Uh, char like cherry bomb kind of flavor and, and let you know that they're there you know 120 proof um, and then also the the gts because you know that's kind of my 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 go-to from there so so what i laugh about whenever people talk about that type of stuff and uh and and josh is always the one that gets me going about it the most is the fact that some of these distillates are so close in mash bill 
Like we can talk about Wild Turkey 101, Knob Creek, 1792, a bunch of their different distillates. Almost all of them are in that 61% corn, you know, 20 something percent rye, whatever, or 30% rye. And then just a little bit of malted barley and Old Forester is another one. So when you look at like just how similar all of them are, it's just funny that um, you get so, so much of a different flavor off of each one of those things, even though the literally the distillate, you know, recipe is almost identical in, in some capacity yeah and those knob creeks are a good buy too i mean you're, you're talking 50 bucks oh value for the <laughs> like, buy. Like, yes. like like it's like 50 60 bucks sometimes for a store pick i mean it's just a phenomenal value i mean uh you'll see me at stores sometime like go through and actually actually look at the labels and calculate out the years because there can there's some gems out there just sitting on the shelves and people don't realize it you know it's uh um they're just solid just a solid pour every time no absolutely 100 percent with you but I, I do love the complexity that the extra years give these and i think you said it i don't even know if we were even already recording at that point but the fact that a lot of those 14 and 15 year olds we're probably just never going to see them on these store picks again because they've moved into that 15 year old product that uh kind of gives me a little baby tear <laughs> yeah i'm uh, i'm shedding a little tear over here too but you know and i think a lot of these uh uh, new upcoming, uh, such as like Starlight, you know, they're going through and they're, they're making really good quality stuff with five, six, seven year old bourbon. So what's, why do they need to have these older bourbons that they can, you know, they can, they can make these quality bourbons, uh, and then, or market the like Knob Creek. They got, they're going away with their store picks and they have a 15 year that is a hundred, hundred bucks versus you get a store pick previously the last few years and it's 50 bucks. So that was kind of what my go-to was that you can pick up a, a solid, bourbon for 50 55 bucks 14 15 year old but now they're going away so you know it's uh so that's the thing that really really (laughs) interests me about especially like your younger newer distillate brands you know your spirits of french licks your starlights um I mean, hell, even peerless, peerless, yeah, Nulu. I mean, <laughs> Angels Envy, I had to throw a peerless joke in there. Um, Come on now, you know, Bullet. I mean, all, all these people have been distilling, you know, for less than ten, nine, ten years, right? And they're they're making good stuff. I mean, super good stuff at six years. So, what's their shit going to taste like when it gets to eight, ten, twelve? You know, um, I, I I'm super anxious to see what those brands bring to the table later on. You know. Like, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you've not hit Spirits of French Lick, I mean, like, you're probably missing out. Like, there's some really good stuff. Alan does some funky stuff, too, that, you know, if you like to think outside the box of what bourbon should be or what rye whiskey should be, there's definitely stuff there you need to try, right? Um, they're so, four grain. They're four oh, grain. That, the Lee Sinclair is, is an excellent pour. It's oh an gosh. excellent pour. I was, a, I was just gifted a bottle of the... Maddie Gladden. Maddie Gladden. Okay, yeah. Now, now the Sam Dalton is their weeded, and it's that, it, it's really good. I mean, it's very Weller esque. Um, it doesn't have the same type of mash mash bill, but it's got those same fruit forward notes, different things like that. It's it's very it's it's, it's a good solid pour, and it's only four years old. I mean, it's four year old. Bo- they just reached bottled and bond on those Dalton bottles. So uh, there's so much stuff that's going on out there that I think if people they need to, they need to get outside of Sazerac and Buffalo Trace products, and they need to get outside of you know the other big names and just go try some local stuff, pick it up. It's going to be more expensive, right? I mean, these places got to stay in business, 
but it's going to be a good pour. But yeah. also look for your old school stuff. I mean, like I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you don't have JTS Brown in your in your bunker, you're probably missing out. Like JTS Brown bottled and bond is a super good pour. I mean, I mean, there's there's <laughs> pours out there that people just overlook on the shelf. Uh, my go-to, honestly, is early times. It's a twenty dollar bottle, 20, yeah, twenty five dollars after yeah. out the door. You know, blue label bottle and bond. Yep. I mean, it's it's one of those. But I'll agree with you. There's some of the craft distilleries that. Uh, uh, when you come to Kentucky and do the craft trail, uh, they are, they're doing some great things. Uh, I mean, again, you're looking at four or five year. I mean, Castle and Key just put out their three year, six month rye, yep. which is pretty solid. Uh, Peerless, I think it's on four or five year. Uh, I think they opened up in 17, uh, Neely. Up. Do not sleep on Neely. Royce is going to kill it. Roy, Royce is doing great things up there. I mean, I mean, it's one of those, he has like a two or three year rye that is uh, like animal crackers or what. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a unique tour. It's like the Hatfields and McCoys of like, right. like Kentucky. I mean, that story, I mean, it's like, it's like when he says he has like bullet holes still at his grandma's house or his aunt's house. I mean, uh, I mean, he's for like, real. I mean, they were yeah. on moonshiners like last week or yeah. something like that. His yeah. whole family was. Hey, he still has his, uh, I think it's his original still. He used to run, uh, I don't know if I can say this. Uh, I don't want to incriminate him. Uh, he used to run shine out of his dorm or, or something like that no. on, on the, on the weekends. He used to run shine. So his something. dad told that story on oh, the podcast. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah. So no. he, he's admitted it. So okay. <laughs> funny story about that. So we, we, we spend like four weeks talking with Royce over the, over Facebook messenger, talking, getting everything scheduled. Um, the whole nine yards. We show up the day of the podcast. We get there and Royce missed the plane because him and Rebecca had gotten hammered so bad the night before and got married. <laughs> Did they go out to Vegas or something? Yeah. I remember that. So they went out to Vegas, got hammered. They got married and uh, he, he missed our podcast date. So I, I, I interviewed Roy instead and he told the story about how uh, his wife was like, you know, Roy, uh, Royce hadn't asked for any money in like nine weeks. And he goes, what do you mean he hadn't asked for money in nine weeks? He goes, well, well how, what the hell is he doing for money? <laughs> and then uh, he went up there and he's like, here, Dad, try this. <laughs> That's <laughs> Making apple pie moonshine. Miss, uh... Didn't they like take a visit, though? Because like, it's like, oh, it's like he's not making money. It's like family weekend. And then all of a sudden, like... Like his dad knew what was going on. Yeah. Like that—that that was the funny part. Is like his dad's like, I think I know what's going on. <laughs> he's kind of like, oh god, he's like don't show your mother. Yeah. So that is, uh, they're close to what Northern Kentucky up. They're in Sparta. Sparta. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, so right, literally, they're right, right up seventy one. Right so up just a uh, couple weeks ago, I, I went up to um, uh, or headed to Cincinnati and was going to stop there, but for some, I don't know if it was the time wasn't right or whatever, so we ended up stopping at Boone County. Which um, another great craft distillery, by the way. Yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't been there, good stuff. Yeah, they, absolutely. They, I mean, a lot of their sourced MGP products uh, were solid, but I didn't realize how small they were. Went up there and and uh, they had a, I guess the one of the the, the distiller there had come from MGP, um, but it, uh, they had a new six and seven year out there that was a little bit higher proof. Uh, grabbed it, and then also uh, speaking of rum, which I'll let you try, or for your wife, um, it's a the, they had. A company out of out of the country come in and do some kind of specialty deal, and there was like two hundred bottles, and it was a it's a bourbon finished rum, mm. um, but it's re- it's really subtle, and I'm not a big rum guy, you know, right. unless I'm on the beach or something, uh, but it's, it's pretty solid, so I'll let you try it. But I, I've seen the Neely, uh, and I've kind of heard a little bit about their uh, their background, but I didn't actually get to go there, so that is one that's on the trail. the uh, The lady loves to go to distilleries and kind of the history, and she doesn't like drinking bourbon. Kind of bringing her around a little bit, but that's just. We're, so. we're, we're the same way. It's like uh, Robin drinks like a little bit of bourbon. She likes like those, uh, I want to say foo-foo drinks, like, you know, more right. like the mixed cocktails. <laughs> so my wife will drink a Manhattan or uh, yeah. old-fashioned. Old, old-fashioned, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but uh, we really enjoy going on the, a lot of the tours. So, I mean, right up 71, right by Kansas, uh, Kentucky Speedway. Can't, not Kansas. Yeah, right. Kentucky Speedway. So it's not that far away. Uh, great little tour. Um, but, yeah. yeah. It's funny, Lindsay. So, uh, actually, we were talking about Wesley Goodlow. And, and so we were, me and her were down on the beach for my 30th. And, and we packed in. I packed the Igor Air 17-year, uh, 2018 GTS, a 2019 GTS, and a couple other bottles in my pack, like luggage. And I was a little nervous and got there or whatever. So it was my 30th birthday and we go out on the beach and he's like oh, i do a baby chug or whatever and so like all right so i had a uh, stag junior as well with me and that's all i had with me and i was like all right well this is pretty hot and she doesn't drink bourbon but okay we're gonna go do a baby chug and i gave it to her she survived uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what batch was it or do you know uh it was batch 13 I oh think. shit so, that one's hot but it's so damn tasty uh, yeah but uh <laughs> she's like whoa but then uh when we were headed up to cincinnati i had a uh, 2013 birthday bourbon uh and she tried it and she actually she's like i really like this yeah so you know it's uh she's she's come around but um just going to some of the distilleries and the history behind it and stuff is is what she kind of enjoys and Hey, I get to do the, the, a double tasting. So there you go. <laughs> I think some of the finished ones are a good bridge. Like if uh, like your significant other or uh, partner, you know, doesn't like you know like the heavy bourbon. Uh, Bardstown again is one of those. Yep. That, they you know they're do- doing good things. I think they uh, uh, snipe some of the distillers from like uh, Beam or you know Maker's Mark or whatever it was. I don't know the full history. Uh, but they're doing some great things with the finished ones. So they definitely have like the honey and some of those uh, sweeter ones that kind of have that nice little bridge to it. Um, I mean, I enjoy it anyway, but it's one of those, it's, uh, uh, some good stuff coming out of there. Absolutely. hundred percent with you. So, Hey, before we sign off tonight, uh, dumbest thing you ever done while drinking. Chugging Pappy 15. That's the dumbest thing you've ever done while drinking was chugging a Pappy 15. I thought like, that was just normal for you. Just chugging bourbon. Yeah. But Pappy 15, <laughs> like half a bottle. Oh, <laughs> so, so the dumbest thing you ever did while, while, while drinking was you, you drank Four hundred dollars at one time, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe seven hundred. <laughs> All right, Lee. Oh, you keep okay, pointing so at everybody I, else. I've got a, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of you know a funny, uh, maybe not too much incriminating, but I, I would say one is. You know, in some of the groups, so it's all, you know, goofing around, doing some baby chugs and stuff. But so before baby chugs were a thing, uh, you know, I'm young, but I won't say uh, I may have been of age, may have not been of age. But we were uh, we thought it was going to be a good idea to take some wild turkey uh, 101 and it was a handle and see how many baby chugs we could do before we would puke. Um, I think I did like nine and a buddy of mine did like eight. We both ended up puking. Uh that was we also tried to throw a bag of trash after we puked in the in the trash can we tried to throw it out the window without the window open so uh, <laughs> so i'd say that's pretty stupid but <laughs> i hear you nick okay i mean there there's a, a lot of incriminating stories so i'll, I'll go with the the tamer of the ones uh, you know seeing as there's plenty of time to tell the other ones uh i'll go the one night we were on campus uh i, th- I think we just had the uh, not, nothing special i think it's probably just jack daniels actually i i almost want to say it was like the jack daniels like old number like the the bottle that just came out was like it used to be a hundred dollars it was like old number five or whatever it was gotcha yep, yep. i know exactly what you're yep. talking about so a buddy and i uh actually Man, there's you were an expensive drunk when you were in college 
I couldn't afford shit like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, working at the liquor store, you know, you you, uh, you you do get some discounts, but it's but you also get access. Was it a five finger discount? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> college well, age, I couldn't afford a hundred dollar yeah, bottle. Yeah. Well, it, Maybe it, some it, lotion. I, well, so so part time at the liquor store, and then uh, uh, you know, it's like you, you you blow more money than what you think. So I was like a delivery driver for like Domino's, so you'd always get tips. So I'd use all my tips for like booze. You know, so or that or recycling cans. So like after every uh, uh, party, I'd go and recycle all the cans, and then I'd you know take my little S ten and go recycle cans. But uh, uh, this particular night, we thought it was a great idea to feed the birds. And, and this is like uh, one or two a.m. in the morning. If I feed birds, they uh, we think they want ramen noodles, right? So <laughs> so so we have we have this giant. Uh, I don't I don't know if you've ever uh, if you've ever seen these, but they're the giant water balloon slingshots. So it's uh, basically you have two people that hold it up, and they're made out of, like, medical cords. Oh, I know what you're talking about And now, then you yeah. have a, a pocket, and then you have a third person pulling it back, and these water balloons can go, like, 200 yards. You know, so so we're on campus. So one is, like, the birds need to be fed at 2 a.m. because we're convinced. And then uh, we also want to see if we can make it over at uh, Freddy Hall. That's what it was called. Well, uh, we, we shoot all our ramen, and— Back when I was in my undergrad, you could go up to the store and you get these college coupons. So you get 10 ramen a day. So 10 ramen, a two liter of Coke, and there's something else. So basically go in with these coupons and get a bunch of, you know, free food. Uh, next morning, let's just say uh, they were doing tours on campus and there's a, uh, Birds everywhere, birds and squirrels. It looked like a, a, a petting zoo out there. Ramen all over the place. You know, it's uh, it's one of those. The side of the building. I think someone like there's ramen stuck on the side. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if we. Uh, I think we we stopped at. We may have tried a, a can of ravioli. Uh, uh, cannot deny nor confirm that. But it's uh, <laughs> but anyway. So that's probably the craziest thing we had is like you know. So feeding bir- birds at two a.m. with this water balloon slingshot. Uh, uh, we did calculate out that the ramen was going roughly about 60 yards. So it was definitely going across the main intersection. This is in Springfield, Missouri. So if you know National Boulevard, uh, we're right across the intersection. So it's going across there, across the IT building, to the side of the building of Freddy. Um, squirrels all over the place. They didn't know what was going on. So uh, thanks, Jack Daniels, for uh, providing entertainment the next morning. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to tell one I haven't told on the, on here before, you know, just to give you all a little insight. So uh me and a group of my uh, buddies in our early, early 20s decided we were going to rent a bus, go down to uh, Nash Vegas for the weekend. And we get, I don't know, like just past Bowling Green. And, and I I started drinking at like 9.30 that morning. We'd had some barbecue, had been drinking everything else. And this was about noon. So I was already pretty intoxicated by that point. And I'm sitting about halfway in, in the bus. And I'm like, I got to pee. And they're like, we're not stopping until we get to Nashville. And I'm like, but I've really got to pee. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do. So I literally, at this point, like rip the top off of my McDonald's cup, you know, right there in the seat. And I go to throw it out the window. And I throw throw the urine out the window. And little did I know that everybody behind me had their windows open. (laughs) So I literally throw like 18 ounces of piss on all my bodies on the way on the way to Nashville. <laughs> what were the uh, that'll teach them not to stop? <laughs> what were the ramifications of that? Uh, I, I had a pretty rough weekend. We'll just put it that way. I, I took a good solid beating that night uh, when I was uh, passed out. Uh, I woke up. I was pretty sore. <laughs> so, uh, but but uh, that that was one of my uh, drunken stupor nights and uh, afternoons and 
But we had a good time, and, uh, you know, what's a little piss amongst friends, right? <laughs> you know, here's the thing, though. When, when it comes to bourbon, is like you always have these these crazy stories, and you will never forget that. Like, and I bet your friends will never forget oh, that moment. Oh, they're definitely <laughs> never going to forget that. You know, you know so, so in the moment, you can be heated, but at the same time, this story will live on for years and years, and, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll you know go to the grave with them. But it's uh, it's one of those. It's uh, You love the crazy stories, you know. So you get the goods, you get the ups and downs, but it's, it's these that, you know, I can discuss and laugh it's, it's really great absolutely absolutely i'm well, just Nick, glad i'm not the only one that has all a bunch of stupid stories oh dude whatever, I, I, so, I, yeah. some <laughs> some some of the camp out stories and things like that you know when we went to you know stay all night you know at liquor barn or stay all night at whatever um I, heck one of one of the favorite stories i heard um and I, I don't remember if it was owen or q or somebody talked about the night they all spent the night at bellmead they all went over to bellmead you know the night before one of the big releases and like it got completely Tom Fuller eat up, but I'm not going to tell the story. But anyway, it just, that's what happens, right? I mean, you get out the, and, and like Steven said from the very beginning, it's all about fellowship. It's all about sharing time, memory, you know, th- what's in the bottom of this bottle is only going to last as long as you drink it. Right. But the, the memories you create, you know, while, while, Pouring those bottles is, is what's going to last forever. And if you haven't been on one of those, uh, I have only been on a few. Uh, I didn't know what a campout was until I really saw some of these releases. I always thought it's like, damn, those people are crazy. But if you really haven't been on one of these uh, campouts and, and looking at the individuals that you pass every day, uh, the love of bourbon, the talking, the sharing, not going to lie, we share a lot of pours when we wait in line. I mean, just talking for hours. I mean, it, it's it's fun. I mean, it's a, there, there's been times I, I just, I don't care about the bourbon. I just want to go hang out with people and I'll talk with everyone for three, four hours. I mean, it's a great time. So if you haven't been, I mean, uh, uh, at least experience it once. Uh, probably Old Foe is probably uh, most known for their camp house. But, but, but I'd also say uh, some of the old liquor barn and some of the total wine ones. But Old Foe has some really solid lines bunch of people i mean yeah i mean you'll you know three four hours is nothing when you talk bourbon amongst uh people in the community no absolutely not you know and, and then you you're always going to run into somebody that brings something that you probably not have which is always what i think the funnest thing is about it you know i, I remember the first time i had king of kentucky q brought it to a liquor barn release like three in the morning we're all sitting there just chilling and q rose up at like you know four forty-five, and he's like hey guys what's up you know and <laughs> You know, in his typical Q fashion, all happy and, you know, excited. His mom and his grandma and his grandpa is all there. and They all get in line. And he's like, hey, come back here, you know, and try some stuff. So we, we me and the two buddies that I was with, we kind of held the line for each other while we went back and forth because that was one of our early ones. And I was like, you know, hey, and just sure enough, fun. And, you know, got to try some stuff I never had before. So mic drop. Matter of fact, that was the first time I read mic drop. I had tried King of Kentucky and mic drop the same weekend. So. Go figure. Well, Nick, thanks for the hospitality. Guys, I really appreciate you joining us on the show this week. Uh, I assume you don't want to plug anything, so I'm just going to say, hey, if you want to follow Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can do that on uh, our Gmail. Uh, you can email us there, bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those good things. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so that way you get our episodes as soon as they drop. This is Scott, Stephen J. Scott, Mr. Nick Hayden, and Lee Getting signing off. Peace. <laughs>